Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. knowledge, born identity. We're two weeks into this, this magnificent course, and thinking about a scripture in Daniel where Daniel was asked to roll up the scrolls of Revelation until the end. Actually says that right in the back of the book of Daniel. And I can't help but think that there is revelation being unfurled every day on purpose by God. And so friends, Sunday Christianity, like if you're just attending church every Sunday and you just found a nice comfortable spot in God and that's good enough, friends, God is mobilizing the church. God is giving us revelation knowledge to understand who we are in Christ, who we are in Christ, who our God is, and of course, who the church is. And the kingdom, what's the kingdom? The kingdom has come. One of the major statements Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Revelation knowledge is something that I believe is critical to understand who God is, who you are in God. We have, as the Bible says in Colossians, in Christ, and it's in Christ. All that Christ did on the cross for us was for us to have this spectacular inheritance of grace, grace to be enabled, faith to walk by, hope in God, love, His love, not just our love that is limited and conditional, but His love that is unconditional. Amen? He wants that, he wants that in you manifested, incarnated, so that you can flow this grace and, and, and graciousness in reaching out and expressing yourself to all your friends and family, your workmates, and that's the sort of lifestyle you can have. The other thing that God's telling me about, you can give. I know a lot of people struggle about this. They have a lot of sentimentality about their money, and there's an affection to money because you earned it. It's mine and it represents me, and, and I will not relinquish this money that you gave me. But the Bible says you can't serve mammon and serve God. You can't bow your knee to the fear of giving. And I would say this to you, if you have a fear of giving, you need revelation knowledge of what Cam was speaking, that he is your provider, that you cannot outgive God. And I know exactly what it means to be a provider, men. I know what it means to save. They used to, I used to do extra two hours a, a day at work, and they used to give us $5.50 for afternoon tea. I wouldn't spend it. I would look at that $5.50 with a young family, and I would say, man, I can use that $5.50 to feed the kids, put petrol in the car. That little $5 envelope. $5.50 envelope they give me, that was it. I wouldn't spend it on anything else. Everything was circumspect to my family, but ultimately, everything's circumspect to my God. I serve Him 
He deserves everything. And if that's a question, I just wanted to say that revelation knowledge will help that in understanding how to get you across that line of how we are generous, how we manifest the nature of God. How do you Christians do that? How do you give willingly, voluntarily? How do you give? The Bible says they shall volunteer themselves in the day of power. There is power of grace. There is an anointing, there is, but there is a revelation knowledge that can reside in your spirit that you've just made up your mind. You don't need a great giving message. You've just made up your mind and you're just going to give anyhow. Last Sunday night, Rachel Mondell, it's on podcast, check out the giving message that she did last Sunday night about Psalm 23, that God is our shepherd. Fantastic. The revelation our young people have about giving is phenomenal. Revelation is knowing things from the Word and the Holy Spirit. The term revelation means an uncovering, an unveiling. In John 17, verse 3, now this is eternal life. This is eternal life. So what's eternal life? This is eternal life. That they know you. That they know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So this is a confession. A, 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 it's like this confession of faith of what eternal life is. Jesus is stating it. He's insinuating He's stating the fact that there is a knowledge, by having a knowledge of God and understanding who God is, you will know who Jesus is and that you know that God has sent the Son. I love what it said in the book. I love how Phil started off that whole chapter by Nicodemus and uh, the very knowledgeable Nicodemus. He's a Pharisee. He's got a great mind. He approaches Jesus one evening he approaches Jesus with what he knew, with what he knew. Jesus stopped him short with his declaration that no one could neither see or enter the kingdom without new birth, meaning being born again. A birth from above, it says in John chapter 3, 1 to 10. In effect, Nicodemus was depending upon his reason. And Jesus was saying that the Jewish leader needed a revelation. So you know the story. When Peter confessed his faith in Jesus as the Messiah, the son of the living God, Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven, Matthew 16, 16. And then, of course, Jesus went on to speak about the church and then he went to speak about the kingdom. So unless you have revelation knowledge that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, it's going to be very hard to speak to you about all the, the wonderful dynamics of a church. And it's going to be very hard to speak to you about the kingdom like this, that his presence is here right now. Religion is our own reason is our own reasoning towards God. Being born again is being very, very aware out of the fear of God that he's very present, that he's here right now, that he loves you, that he's for you, that he's with you. Now, when that happens, when you live by that 24-7 
practicing his presence daily, that's a whole different lifestyle. Amen? So you're studying your born again, the identity book, the course, it's great. In your connect groups, I want to talk about that too. Luke, it's absolutely right. There are things that you cannot learn outside of a community. You can go to a cave, you can hole up in your home and do Christianity, but I'm telling you, you'll be stunted in your growth. You will not have revelation, iron sharpens iron. When you come into the proximity of a people and you get vulnerable enough to allow yourself to love and be loved, it's then where this development of you as a spiritual person develops. John 13.1, I thought this was fantastic, and it is out of the book again. John 13.1 says, now before the feast of the Passover, we're looking at four revelatory things about the mission of Jesus, and this is, this is applicable to everyone. People understanding what God is saying and what he wants from them, I think is wonderfully explained through this scripture. John 13, verse 1, now before the feast of the Passover... When Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things under his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from the supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. I love these statements that Pastor Phil again has made in his book, which is a magnificent, uh, I think, study of being in Christ. He says, revelation is knowing things from the Word and the Holy Spirit, meaning these deep things. We know from the Word and the Holy Spirit. These are things we know deep in our spirit rather than in our mind, in our cognitive mind. This is when truth becomes more than just information. It becomes something we had never realized before. In fact, we see the light. I believe there are moments when light penetrates the deepest recesses of your life that darkened area of your life where the enemy through strongholds, through wrong thinking, has captured your attention or your affections. I believe when light comes in, it dispels, it dispels deception, mistruth. It dispels things. It dispels religion. Revival can happen when light floods your soul, when information becomes revelation, when communication becomes transformation, when data becomes faith. 1 Corinthians 2.12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. What does that mean? That's basically saying the Holy Spirit has been given to you to know all things. We talked about the Magnificent Surrender series. It was a great series preceding this series we're doing now. And it talks about who we are in Christ and the riches therein of understanding who Christ is in us. 
And in, in that, we can obey God and surrender to God. And then in that, we can begin a mission with Jesus to know who God is, but a mission to be his hands and feet. Amen? We said things like, we live what we believe. As you have lived, so have you believed. So what do we get out of that scripture in John uh, chapter 13? Is this. Jesus knows four things at that moment in his life. Firstly, timing. He knows his hour has come and he is about to depart and he knows and he accepts that timing. Two, authority. He knows the Father has given all things into his hands. Three, standing. He understands he's standing. He knows he has come from God. And four, purpose. He knows he is going to God. He knows the timing. He knows the authority. That's what we should know. We should know the time of which we live in. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, be careful, the days are evil. Redeem the time. Meaning, take stock of your situation, where you're living, what's happening, even in the world, even in the proximity of where you live. Take stock of that, redeem that, bring that to God's purposes and plans. Bring yourself to the now and realize what he has for you in your standing, but in your purpose for God. A lot of people, because they don't have revelation, knowledge, they don't know the times they live in. They don't know they have authority to make a difference. They don't know their standing, that they're born again, that they do have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ, when you got saved, let's look at some of the mechanics. When you got saved, when you got saved and born again, your spirit was redeemed. Totally redeemed. There's nothing more that can be done for your spirit man. You're ready to rock. But your soul wasn't redeemed. Your body wasn't redeemed. That's where we get into the battle of the mind and we talk about sanctification because your spirit can hear God. Your spirit can down and understands the kingdom and God to the nth degree. But, but, you've got to relay that. You've got to realize that in your mind. Your mind there's a battle. Your mind makes your decisions. God can't trump that. He gives you a free will. As long as you keep making those decisions to live like that, to do that, to stop that, to, to resist that, to withhold that, that's going to be your life. What you believe is how you live. How you live is what you believe until you renew the mind. Now, when you receive the Word of God, you can receive it cognitively. You can receive it in the mind. You can say, amen, I receive that in the mind. But there's got to be a germination of that word. There's, there's got to be, it's got to come with the Spirit of God. It's got to come mixed with faith and the Spirit. And in that, it gives life. Jesus was truth and he was grace. John chapter 1, verse 17, he came in the spirit of grace and truth. Unless you receive Jesus, 
by grace and by truth, it doesn't have the same effect. Your spirit is saved. Your body is being saved. Your soul is being saved. Amen? You could rationalize yourself to a place of salvation. Okay, so the Bible says in in Romans that God shows himself, reveals himself by creation. The Bible says in chapter 1, man is without excuse. He shows his glory through all creation. Amen? In chapter 2, it says God also shows himself through our conscience, meaning that people realize there's a good and there's a bad. People know intuitively by their makeup, and if they've got a a good conscience, they know what's good or bad. Amen? But take it a little bit further, they could even know that there is a God. I believe a lot of Australians are like that. They believe that there is a God. Their conscience is telling them that. Maybe creation is telling them that. The revelation, the super-revelation is the Word of God. That's when God says, look, this is it to be true. Understand this. This is it. This is my revealed Word. This is my truth on the matter. And then, of course, the most explicit, concentrated form of revelation is Jesus. Amen? Jesus is our most powerful revelation that God has given us. Proverbs uh, 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One and understanding. John Calvin, theologian, states, Nearly all the wisdom we possess, that is to say true and sound wisdom, consists of two parts, the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves. I'm just going to go through here. I'm going to get to a juicy part. Okay, is that cool? Hebrews 1.3 says, Upholding all things by the word of his power. Pastor Phil, you're telling me this word of God can change my life, can enliven me, can allow me to be born again, firstly, but can, can enliven me. Yes, only if you allow the word of God to be written on the tablet of your heart. Um, Ezekiel 36 says he's going to take out the stony heart and put a heart of flesh in you that he might write upon the tablet of your heart his laws, his word, his plans and purposes, his nature, his character. That's how it works. It just doesn't happen by sheer rationale. It happens by special revelation. Jesus, at the end of his ministry, was saying things like, um, who do the people say that I am? What's your opinion about the Messiah? Some were saying he's the son of David. Of course, we know what Peter said. You're the son of the living God. The Spirit is the part of you that was changed at salvation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Your body and your soul didn't become totally new. Who knows that? 
they get changed. They're changed and renewed as you grow in the Lord. It's a process. But your inner spirit, your inner man, the born-again spirit is renewed in knowledge after the image of that creator. Colossians 3.10 says that, that your inner man, your spirit, the mind of Christ in you. Now, understand, I'm not talking about your mind. I'm talking about the mind of Christ in your spirit man knows all things. That's how people prophesy. Their mind is sanctified enough, their heart is humble enough to listen to their spirit man, to listen to the mind of Christ, and they hear God and they can prophesy and then they can speak on his behalf. That's how people get words of knowledge. Amen? It comes from the spirit man. But we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, 1 John 2.20 says, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You have the anointing and the anointing will teach you. You have the anointing and the anointing, this is a powerful scripture, written 60 years after Jesus died. So they're talking about the anointing is still available. That's why... To receive the word in its revelatory form, you need the anointing. The anointing will teach you. Again, you just can't, you just can't read the word. You've got to ponder on the word. You can read as many books as you want about Steve Furtick and all these great guys. You can read all, but if you're not allowing that word of God to germinate, to impregnate your, your soul, it's not going to give life. It's just going to be accumulated knowledge. This is what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees. You don't know my father. You just have all this knowledge. Romans 12.2 says it like this, and be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Our minds are the problem. Our minds are the battlefield. Ephesians 4.24 says, And to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Colossians 2.10 says, And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. 2 Corinthians 3.6 says, He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. John 6.63 says, The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. When the knowledge of God's Word enters our soulish minds through hearing or studying it, our spirits bear witness with the truth and impart wisdom which is the ability to apply knowledge. This then becomes revelation knowledge. Not just facts about God, because you can even program a computer with facts, but the knowledge of God which has been divinely quickened in us by God through our born-again spirits. And can I say, this is why And this explains why the Word of God seems to work for some people and not for others. 
On the surface, it may appear that they know the word, but in truth, only those who overcame had the word of God made alive on the inside of them through revelation knowledge. Meaning that if you don't allow the word to change you and be a conviction in you, it becomes sheer knowledge. It doesn't become this force. It doesn't become this this conviction or or this virtue in you of character and good deeds. It, it, It just becomes knowledge. God's word works. And if we have the true revelation of God's word in our hearts, we will overcome the word, the world. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Again, I say, it is not just about reading the word. You've got to meditate. And when the preacher's preaching at you, um, you've got to get in the spirit and you've got to let the anointing come through with it. And then the anointing and the word of God collectively do the good work in your life and cuts down and divides the rubbish from the good stuff. Is that right? Otherwise, it's just a, a seminar. But church is supposed to be a place where truth is imparted by the Spirit of God. In the beginning, man walked with God in the garden. They had divine revelation every day. Satan came and said, did God say? No, there's, there's, you can reason this yourself. You can be just like God. You can reason this out yourself. You don't need God's revelation. You don't need to commune with him. You can be like God. That's our downfall. Our downfall is that we're standing up in our own rationale of who we think God is. God wants you to walk with him daily. Moses said, I know the plan of God. I I understand that. He slays that That." That Hebrew, he slays the Egyptian. And of course, God says, no, that's not what I said. You missed it. You missed the timing. You you did that in your own rationale. Now I'm going to have to take you to the Holy Spirit school, send you out into the wilderness. And what happened? He gets a revelation. He sees a vision, burning bush. That's how I want you to live, Moses. I want you to live by revelation. I don't want you to live by your own rationale. The worst thing that we can do is interpret a move of God by our own rationale. That's not God. God wouldn't do that. The worst cynics for moves of God are people that sometimes are very thorough in the Word of God. But they have no... They they, they have sometimes a disposition towards intellect and their own reasoning more than the intuitiveness of what God could do and might do in a particular situation. You know what I'm saying? Although some some of us are very astute intellectually, be careful that you just don't assume 
this rationale of who your God is and you don't rely on revelation knowledge of who God is in your life and what he wants to do in your life. Paul is another one. Paul riding and has a full-blown encounter with God. He knows the word of God. He's been to the best pharisaical school. He's been taught marvelous things by a Greek way, but by the letter of the law. This is how he knew God. This is how he was taught. He wasn't taught by the Hebrew way, which meaning having an encounter with God. That's how we learn in community, not in classrooms. When you grandparents get with your kids, you don't go, yeah, get over there. This is what you got to do. We follow the index and you, and you do that and that's it. Just learn that and go, go for it. No, you get around them like Julie was with our grandkids yesterday. That's how God wants to. That, that is actually the Hebrew way of learning, not by the Greek way. This is how you should do it. So if you can put up that diagram, this might help, uh, guys. If you can put up this uh, diagram. Yep, put up the diagram, please. And that might, might help you. So this is a delineation of um, where we get our knowledge from and our thinking. So man, Satan's knowledge, tree of knowledge of good and evil, partaking of, our, uh, partaking of information by our own rationale. In the garden, I'm talking about the garden. There was that tree of good and evil that, that God said, don't just one thing out of all the garden. Don't eat that. You don't need that. You don't need to be, be reliant on your own reason. You don't need to be reliant uh, and, and working things out yourself. I will give you divine revelation. I will give it to you. You walk with me in the cool of the garden and I will give you this sort of revelation. Two, uh, instead of the tree of life. Who's the tree of life now? That's Jesus. Two, from reason, our mind reasoning, God reasoning things, even uh, the Bible reasoning it in our own mind instead of through revelation, through the heart. God wants to get through to the heart, not just to the mind. Three, through study. There's actually no scripture that says study yourself approved. It's actually meditating yourself. Medita it's allowing God. It's not because not, study refers to just an intellectual uh, approach. No, it's more than that. It's allowing God to touch your heart, your soul, your mind, your whole being. Amen? Through study. No, this is the way. Through meditation, chewing on the Word of God, meditating on that Scripture, meditating on it, letting it have its effect. For knowledge, so-called knowledge. For true knowledge. There is true knowledge in God. Through the fear of God, there is true wisdom, true knowledge. Five, from below, producing pride. Instead of from above, producing humility. We're talking about man Satan's knowledge as opposed to God's knowledge podcast listeners. Six, Greek, the detached way to learn things. Just cerebrally, cognitively, you take on information. No, God wants you to be in training through connect groups, through doing community, through really being communal with God. He wants you to, to learn by this Lamed training. And seven, Paul's initial religious training, he called as dung. You know what that word means. As opposed to seven, Paul's retraining, as, as we said in Road to Damascus, he had a full-blown encounter with God. Why are you persecuting me, Paul? 
And then, of course, Paul realizes Jesus Christ is Lord. He takes him away to, to the wilderness for three years where Paul is taken through the Holy Spirit school, where Paul is becomes reconstituted by all the word that he knew in the Old Testament and with the revelation of what God was doing in the now, all that became living and revelatory. And that's who Paul was. He was the guy that was able to download from heaven the blueprints for our salvation, the blueprints for the church, the blueprints for who you are in Christ. He did that by not his sheer intellect because he says in Scripture, I count that as dung. I count that as worthless as opposed to knowing Christ and Him crucified. Amen? So it's really about being communal with God, understanding that God wants to teach you. We want the Word of God to profit in our life. I'm done. But I just thought I'd give you that. Growth in Christianity, on the other hand, is the encounter of the Spirit of man with the indwelling Spirit of God. It is the experience of revelation and anointing of God through receiving the dream, the vision, the voice, the power of the Almighty God. Christianity is the restoration of the ongoing divine communion of God had with Adam in the Garden of Eden and with the second Adam, Jesus, who did nothing out of his own initiative, which I believe meant that he did not reason on his own without the Holy Spirit being part of the process. Christianity is God coming to man, religion encourages man to stir his soul up to obey and follow God. And I just thought this was amazing. I didn't know anything about it till I studied this. The med style education, the Hebrew way of education uh, is about being taught, is about learning, meaning the teacher is taught. Yeah, uh, all learning and teaching is ultimately to be found in the fear of the Lord. The goal of teaching is not the impartation of facts, but the changing of lives. For the Hebrew knowledge, yada, involves personal encounter and response to God's revelation. In the Lamed method of learning, we are returning to the Hebraic concept of education, including the personal encounter and revelation. The classroom becomes a place of impassioned discussion and the sharing of real-life experience. It is a place where we meet God and share in life experiences of others. It is a place where we practice truth, the classroom. And he's talking about different Bible colleges and how you can do Bible colleges. And he talks about it's a lifelong journey of learning. It's a personal encounter, spirit encounter. It's a life encounter. It's love. It's a good conscience. It's sincere faith. It's guided discovery of who you are, which we're talking about now. Identity in Christ is revelation knowledge, meaning through group interaction, we understand. And faith, hope and love is the result. And then ultimately worship of God, life in Jesus, fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I love that. I thought that was amazing that that type of teaching engendered all that. Let's all stand up. hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.